last, it would have been August. I had, I just transferred to the University of South Dakota from uh, from the East Coast. So I was, it was a high stress environment for me because I was still debating in my head whether it was the right decision or not to transfer. This is actually some broader context. But um, classes hadn't started here yet at, at that time. It was in August. So I went to Mass at St. Agnes. And uh, Father, what was his name? Jerry. Father Jerry was... Uh, was was celebrating the mass there, and uh, during the mass, uh, especially it was after communion, I felt for the first time in a long time uh, a special, like a connection with God, like I was like doing the right thing, you know, like I was where I should be in life. Maybe not in life, maybe that's more broad, but like I was where I should be physically. You know, I was going to USD. I came back to South Dakota, and uh, it was. It was a strong sense of comfort for me that, that, that came over me. And it was powerful enough that I think like I, I was almost moved to tears. I wasn't crying, but I was like watery-eyed, you know, so. Uh, um, and, and towards the, after, after, after the end of Mass, Father says that he, uh, he had a sense that somebody, and it kind of goes like this, that somebody over here was uh, was being was being healed. That somebody was being healed over here, and he pointed with his hands like right at me, you know. And like I knew that, and like I was sitting too far back for him to have like seen me like in any detail to have like actually known, you know, from from my outside, you know, anything that would have given away how I was feeling at that. It was mostly an internal thing, but he somehow amazingly he was. He was able to pick up on, you know, this this experience that I was having, and it struck me so significantly because um, up until then, I like I always believed in God, you know, but like it was always more in the uh, like in an intellectual sense, you know, in a philosophical sense, you know, if A then B, you know, but like I never like witnessed him directly, like. Uh, act in the world or like feel his presence that much um and so for one and it's one thing for me to like feel his presence right but it's another thing for me to feel his presence and then to have a third a third person you know father uh pick up on that at the same time as that's going on like that's like that's like corroboration you know right <laughs> and so like that was like for the first time ever like that amount of God's direct, like, uh, influence, direct action, like, in, in, in my life, like, the, that was, for me, probably the, mo the single most, the single strongest moment of direct evidence for God's existence that I ever had, because mm -hmm. I've never, I've never seen him, like, I've never witnessed a miracle in person, I'm not gonna say that was a miracle, per se, but, like, it was certainly something that, like, I can point to as like a personal experience of it, it, it wasn't a coincidence that father was able to pick up on it, mm -hmm. you know, so. So I don't know you uh, prior to this experience. It just happened in a way, but uh, you're how old? Uh, 23. 23, so it just happened, but I don't, I only know you as Steve after this has happened. Yes. Uh, what What's different about Steve since this uh, event? Oh man, that's really big. Question: What's different about me since then? 
I feel, I feel more, more confident that God is, uh, that he's there, I guess, you know, A. I feel more confident, B, that he's, uh, that when, that when I'm having those personal experiences of like, uh, feeling, feeling his presence, feeling his peace, since that's been corroborated now by a third person, I've, I've, I'm more confident that those personal experiences that I'm feeling are God. That I'm feeling God, and not just some, you know, just some, you know, chemical reaction on the inside. <laughs> you know, that's you know, that's God Himself. Because you know, like up until then, you know, I've had those kinds of like personal feelings before, but like you know, you'd always have this doubt about whether it was, you know, just you, and just you're just imagining things, versus you know, actually a real you know connection with God. So I feel more, more comfortable that, and because I, I based a lot, of, for example, my decision to transfer to USD was largely based on that sort of connection. Like I made, I kind of like half-heartedly made this decision to transfer to USD, and then I was overcome with this sense of contentment, and I attributed that to God. And I was like, okay, this must be what God wants me to do. Then I always kind of had a lingering doubt, like maybe that's just you know something purely internal. Maybe it wasn't God's connection. But now, now, now I'm much more confident that that was, you know, God, because it's been again corroborated. So I think um, I think I'm much more confident in some of the bigger decisions that I've made, that I've made based off of those kinds of, uh, you know, those moments of contentment and like, mm-hmm. surety that is God. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what's what strikes me is. Um, different stories in the scriptures when Jesus will tell some of the disciples um, I, I, if we had planned this I would have <laughs> brought other materials but we just are following the spirit on this one but doesn't he say to like uh, someone like go into town and find the guy with the mule tied up and he yeah. will you know right. uh, um, or you know the you know, when you go, who does he say? Go to the person and get the, he'll have a fish and look in the mouth of the fish and pull out the coin and that's what you're, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean. And then, you know, they, they go and like, sure enough, there's the fish with the coin in his mouth and like, you know. Yeah, and so it's it's almost like what you're witnessing to is there's something external to me yeah. that also is involved with me and it makes you say, it's real. Mm-hmm. It, it like the thing outside is a necessary part. It's not yeah. just an internal yeah. spiritual awakening that right. we have. It is an internal spiritual awakening, but the power comes because we realize something else outside of us mm-hmm. that we know as Christ, as God working in reality, the Father like coming to us, and that's when it says, "Yes." <laughs> it was certainly. It was certainly, you know, it was, it was mind-blowing in that way, you know, so. So awesome. Yeah, what, uh, who have you met here at the Newman Center that you find interesting or fascinating or is helpful to your... Well, of course, my, my good friend Sam over here is going to take uh-huh. top the top spot. Just yeah, say more about that. Oh, jeez. Um, I think... Hi, Sam and David. Oh, hey. Sam, Sam, Sam's been an interesting character so far. Just because uh, 
I think uh, probably one of my, my first days showing up here, I think, uh, it's hard for me to remember, but I think Sam might have been the first person I talked to here. Mm. I'm not sure. Was I talking to anyone else when you said? <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. I just remembered that you sat down and we started talking and immediately like, uh, we, we started talking about law school and, and how you were thinking about going to law school. And so like, we were able to talk about that a bit. And before long, we started like talking about some more deeper, like some political stuff, but then that kind of led into the philosophical stuff too. And, uh, and also you made me laugh quite a few times. And so like, I always just enjoyed, just enjoyed talking to Sam. And so I think, uh, it's been a good, uh, it's good, a good inroad into the Newman Center. And because of Sam, I, I got into a Bible study and I met some other people. I met Casey there and, and some, some other friends who we've been hanging out outside of the Newman Center a bit too since then. Mm. So I'd say Sam's kind of been my gateway so far. Doing what I can. Yeah, man. That's what you're here for, right? Glad to, yeah. <laughs> awesome. But for the grace of God, there we go. So, thanks. My pleasure. Yeah, this is really beautiful. I really, uh, um, I think this is the path to the Newman Center. Uh, St. Father Joe Vogel told me, he said, in a parish, 80% of what you do is planned, and 20% of what you do is unplanned. In a Newman Center, 80% of what you do is unplanned, and 20% is planned. 100%. So I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe the plan for uh, witnesses around here is just mm -hmm. just when it happens. Go Why do we have to plan it when you already did? Yeah. So I'm uh, really. Nothing changes. I've read a book. Have you read Into Your Hands, Father? I've heard of it, maybe. Heard of it? Yeah, at, uh, at the end of it, he, said, he basically says when God wanted to um, speak the most important word, an event happened. When God wanted to give his greatest gift, when God wanted, an event happened, the birth. Nativity, uh, and that God speaks through events, right? And it really like, and then what I've realized is, God is uh, like when the event happens, then when one gives witness to the event, the event happens. Like that's the power. That's why you sharing the event of it happening, it happens again. Mm. Like something's present. If you just tell a story, it's not, it doesn't, but when you like give witness, it's like, and while the event happened to you in a pew through Father Jerry and through the Spirit and through Mass, like, well, but if you don't witness, then it just all, right. But if you do witness, that like educates. And then the, the growth and maturity and faith happens through the event. And you don't have to talk as much or educate as much, mm -hmm. and you don't it like somehow. So, thank you. More. So, 
might be a little bit off topic, but I do, I do feel like um, some of the uh, the best the best feelings I've ever had were when you know just me just when you're li living your life and like serving serving as a witness to the faith, you know, just like me going to mass every Sunday and me, I should speak more specifically, I suppose, but uh, back when I lived out in, out in Virginia, I had a roommate who, uh, he, he was a Catholic and he wasn't quite, uh, he wasn't quite going to mass every Sunday. It wasn't so much because, it was just mostly because, I guess, People weren't inviting him, and he just like didn't have like the uh, the background of like pushing him. And so like, I, I invited him to come with mass, come with me to mass, and um, and I you know I shared with him you know just my own thinkings about my own faith and my own beliefs and you know how I act in the world and you know he would, you know I was never trying to like tell him how to act or anything because like I, I don't think that's generally a very good way to try to like you know help bring people to Christ, you know, it's just like, just you yourself serving as an example, I think is usually way more effective, and like, I didn't even realize I was doing it, honestly, but then at some point we were playing, uh, I remember sitting at a, at my, at a table, and we were playing Jenga, we were playing Jenga, and, um, you know, Jenga, <laughs> and, um, you know we have a life-size Jenga here, do we really? Yeah, oh man, yeah, well, so we were playing Jenga, and, um, he, uh, and at some point he said to me, you know, you know, Steve, I was, um, I'll leave out the details, but he was, uh, he was talking about how he like was suddenly, he was surprised to find himself much less, he was, he was resisting a temptation to sin much, much more. And he asked himself why, why that was. And he said to me, he said, Steve, the reason why I did that, why I found myself resisting that was was because of you it's just the way that you've been living your faith and you know i felt like i've suddenly become closer to jesus christ and that right there i cried right there like i was like you know like, that came out of nowhere i was just playing jenga with her you know? <laughs> but like uh i that 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 kind of had me that that one had me reeling you know and so like and like it was so what was weird about that is that you know i wasn't like trying to like bring him in like i invited him to mass but that was because you know i was going to mass and he was catholic so you know it wasn't like I was trying to like bring them in. It's just you know, it's just what I was doing. But like, I've had other people who I've tried to like, who I have tried to like convince and say like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not good for you. That's you know, that's a sin. Yada yada. You know, I'm like, talk them out of it. But like, that's just I've I found that's just not been effective. Like, ever, <laughs> ever, you know, like, and maybe you know, maybe for some, I'm not going to say that it isn't for other people. You know, it might be effective for some people. But like, for me personally, what's been way more successful. You know, because that's just one example, me, me and my roommate, but like, well, it's been way more examples, just you serving as a witness yourself and inviting them into, into your life, mm -hmm. you know, and so. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, when you look at scriptures, there are times where Jesus says things really explicitly about how you should live and, and do different things, um, but in my experience, I find if I pay attention, those same things do happen in my life, but it's not like I can just take how he did it there and then just do it all the time right. here. <laughs> you know, it's, I remember one time there was a guy who in another environment in, in the community used the name of the Lord in vain constantly, mm -hmm. always. Like, and I, it just would make me like cringe. 
number one, I was shocked that it made me cringe. I was like, I must be changing because this never bothered me right. before. Uh, but uh, I realized, like, I just start praying for him. And I just start, like, this is, number one, drives me nuts. Number two, what are you doing? And number three, mm -hmm. what kind of witness is this, okay? But like you're saying, I could go in and be like, hey, and so, you know, don't you know the commandments, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, but one time after Mass, we were having this conversation and it just, I can't even tell you why, I just knew. I was like, now's the time. And I said, hey, just a question for you. Why do you use the Lord's name in vain and so Oh, I never thought about it. <laughs> you know I do. Mm -hmm. Maybe I heard him say it again. But for the most part, that was it. Mm -hmm. And it just was a reminder to me, like, if you just pray, if you stay open, like, there's these moments where you can sort of speak into something and then something can change. As opposed to what I want to do is more like, control people. <laughs> like, you know, do this, don't do that. that, that. Then I don't even want to, I don't want to be treated. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's so, it's like the easy route. You know? Right. Well, so yeah, but like the, the primary, the primary work that, that changes people and like brings them closer to God, I think is done by God in their heart. You know, you're an accessory to that, but you're secondary to that, you know? And so, you got to resist the temptation to try to take control yourself because I think I feel like that's kind of you're almost trying to like take it out of God's hands and you're, you want to try to fix this person, you mm -hmm. know, fix this person yourself. So what uh, I understand what you mean by we're, we're secondary. What do you make of the fact that that you are another Christ? say more about that you know what I mean that in baptism you are grafted into his body mm -hmm. that uh, what is it um, the mystery uh, the mystery of the body or something is a document St. John Paul II wrote early on I think in it I think he wrote it maybe Paul VI wrote it but that in our flesh through baptism we really become another Christ in this world so like they don't meet so there is this thing that happens in them yeah what do you make of your role then maybe would be a better question well if it isn't to you, tell people but it's not like you're obsolete because you were right. just saying before somehow father jerry yeah well so that's to the extent that you know you are another christ in this world is because it's because of god's grace right it's because yeah. of baptism you know so i guess when i say that you are Depends on your definition of you, I guess. Because when I say that you are secondary and you are an accessory to God's grace, so what I mean is like your will is, I, I, I think, that's what's secondary. But like what, how you act, I think, is a combination of your will and like God's grace, you know? So like when you're acting in the world and like when you're engaging with people, um, if, you wanna, if you wanna try to help them and bring them closer to God, you, you, if you, if you want to be successful, you have to act in tandem with God's grace, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're just trying to, like, 
do what just you will, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you're like in sync with God's grace, you know, you're not acting with God's grace, you're trying to take control for yourself, you know. And like, yeah. I feel like whatever you do has to be done cooperatively with Christ or else it's just not going to work, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, and it could even be good things or the right things, but if it's not in His will, right, right, for you for that moment, yeah. So, like, for example, you know, it might have been, like, a good thing for, for you to approach your friend, you know, and say, it might be a good thing for you to approach your friend and say, you know, stop taking the Lord's name in vain, you know, but, like, what's way more effective was you working in, in tandem with God's grace, you know, praying for him first and, you know, setting the foundation for it. Yeah. You know, instead of you taking control on your own, you did it with God. And, yeah. You know, it was, you know, judging from what, what you said, yeah, more effective than totally. the alternative would have been. So, in, uh, another dynamic to it that um, I was just reading, uh, Charles Foucault, St. Charles Foucault was, was talking about how important it was that, like, through, through my life being consumed with the love of God, like, that actually has an effect, too, that as I pray and as I let him, like, grow in me, the effect that can happen to the world yes. increases. Like, if I want to see mysterious things happen, if I want to see surprising things happen, I need to let him mm-hmm. into my life more. I need to let, and that that, it's, it's hard because in an American or whatever, the context we live in now, we sort of think, it's up to me to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in a way it is, but it's up to me to let him have more in I, me, and then I'm just going to see stuff happen. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to pay attention, I have to follow it, but, but there is a power. There's so many things I could say about that. There's, um, I've always thought there was, um, for me in my life, a huge struggle has always been, uh, has always been my pride, and so like I would, uh, I would think that me, I could, that I didn't need, and like intellectually, I always knew this was wrong, but this was just my disposition nonetheless, was I would say like, you know, I didn't need God's help to resist sin. I didn't need God's help to, you know, help people. I didn't need God's, you know, obviously, you know, you say it out loud and it's obviously wrong, but like, I, this, this was just my disposition. This is how it was, you know, I couldn't help it. And, and it took me, and uh, I remember I was talking to a, to a focus missionary. His name was uh, Joe Colgan. And he, he, he told me, he gave me this, this term called a white-knuckle Catholic, which I think was brilliant. Where, and maybe he didn't invent it himself, but he says, you know, like, the kind of Catholic who just says, like, I'm going to not cooperate with God necessarily. I'm going to just, like, grab the steering wheel and grip it as tight as I can, and through sheer force of will, I'm going to navigate my way through life. And, and you know, you can, you know, physically, you can do that, but it's not going to be nearly as easy or as fruitful as, you know, working with God. And like, for me, once I, um, once I... Uh, let go of my pride once I was humbled. And now I'm the most humble person in the world. I don't think you can find a more humble person. Than me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say maybe I was. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess, you know, since I'm. Yeah, I was going to say I'm on the title. <laughs> I, I think of the four of us, we can probably guess who it is. <laughs> yeah. So I just, once I once I was once I let go of my pride, or it wasn't even so much I let go of my pride, but it was more so my pride left me. 
Because again, that's, that's my terminology. Here I say, I let go of my pride. That's not even true. My pride left me because God sent it away, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, once that happened, I was silently, suddenly, I'm much more, I, I feel like I'm less, I'm less stressed about trying to be a good person. And it's not like you shouldn't worry about trying to be a good person. But if you're worrying about it all the time, something's probably wrong. You're not like, it should be, you know, working with, if you're working with God's grace, it should be easy. You know? Yeah. So. I, I was really helped by that from a professor. And God knows us so particularly. He knows how to prepare us even for the grace he's going to give us. And so he gave me a wicked smart professor that told me, if it's God's will for you to pray three Hail Marys and you pray ten, you're being, you're not doing God's will. And that helped me so much, I think, in light of this. That I take control and I decide this is how many prayers and this is the order of the sins that I'm going to get rid of and this is the way I'm going to do this and this is like, and I never thought, what do you mean if you pray? I mean, aren't more prayers always better? You would think. You would think, but like, no, God's will is what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, the reason it affected me even more deeply, because it was like, it's a deeper root that he kept, he, I needed to take it out again. When, when I first got to seminary, before I got to seminary, I had a year and a half of like spiritual bliss, <laughs> right? Because I hadn't gotten to an environment where I started feeling like I had to live up to everybody else yet, <laughs> right? When you get to seminary, you start meeting all these guys and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I got a long way to go. <laughs> so I started adding all these prayers and doing all these things and increasing. And I was like, oh, what did you say? I mean, I, I was like, a white knuckle cap. Yeah, I don't know if I would, would have called it a white knuckle yet, but like I was, I was not in the best spiritual shape all of a sudden. Right. Which is interesting. You hang out with a bunch of people that don't look like they're in love with God, but they really are, and you have a great spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You go to the seminary, <laughs> and you get a bad, you, you have a bad right, spiritual life. Right. Well, this is what it was, was I think I was like, and, and one night I thought to myself, I can't do this. And I just got down on my knees the side of my bed and I decided for a year and a half all you did every night when you went to bed and every morning when you woke up was you prayed three simple prayers and that night I just got down on my knees and I prayed those three simple prayers and the beautiful grace of the spirit poured over me and I just went to bed woke up the next morning prayed those three simple prayers. And it was like, it's peace, right? Yeah, it's peace. Yeah. If God wants you to pray three Hail Marys, then pray three Hail Marys. That's enough. He's the one who has all the power that makes your life beautiful, that removes sin from your life, that helps you know what thing, when, and where. And the surprising thing for me wasn't, was that it didn't mean I no longer participated. It wasn't like I was like, oh, okay, now I don't have to worry. No, it was like now all of a sudden, I, I had this thought the next couple of days, oh, by the time you're ordained a deacon, you need to pray five times a day from the 
liturgy of, from the office. Okay. If I started doing one of them and just did one of them for a whole year, and then next year I did two of them and did two of them for a whole year, and then the next year did three of them, by the time I'm ordained a deacon and I make a promise, I include my vows that I will pray these, I will have already grown in the virtue of praying all five for a whole year. I thought, and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start this first year by praying night prayer because it's the shortest one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, it right. doesn't remove you. It actually puts you in a, a more powerful engagement because you're with the flow of the spirit instead of like trying to I like that with the flow of the spirit because you can't you can't try to create your own flow you can't try to take control of yourself you got to work in tandem with with god with the holy spirit yeah. i think that's the only way to it's not the only way to do it it's certainly the best way to do it yeah and sometimes being in flow with the spirit takes you out of a parish that you didn't expect to have to go to with a priest you don't know and a peace and a healing that changes the course of your life. Shall we pray? Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Thomas More, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So good. Who'd have thought, kid, you'd be famous someday? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>